0: Today, we take an insightful journey into the depths of imposter syndrome. You'll experience a gritty courtroom drama unfold as a lawyer boldly confronts reasonable doubt. And from there, we'll dive into personal reflection about radio shows, comedians, friends, and role models. And finally, 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 we'll explore the value of creating and self-expression, navigating the very challenge of being noticed while facing the courage to stand out. It is a ride today, folks. Here we go. Welcome to Doing the Best We Can with Eddie Koffeltz. We hope you enjoy the show. (laughs) My goodness, thank you so much, Eve and Lucy, and thank you for being here on a brand new edition of Doing the Best We Can with Eddie Koffeltz. I'm Eddie. I am finally in a new room. As you may have noticed the last couple of weeks, there has been no YouTube episode of this because we have been under a little bit of construction, but now I'm here in a new space, a new office. It's a little, can you hear it? It's a little echoey. That's okay. We'll get some foam, anyhow. I am glad that you are here. If you are brand new to the podcast, uh, this show is about things that I am I am thinking about. And if you don't know me, and you're like, "Why would I listen to this?" Well, just stick around. Stick around for today, and maybe we won't see each other again. But we get some time together today, Uh, because today we are continuing on an advice column. Uh, I. Love this format, and I love the opportunity to be challenged to consider what is happening in your life. And so today we hear from a listener who I think their question, well, it certainly resonated with me. I think I was writing to myself this week. I think I write to myself every week, but certainly this week, and I bet uh, the same will be for some of you. Hey, uh, a few quick asks. Um, First, if you can, please subscribe to the show on wherever you listen to it, Spotify, Apple, it doesn't matter. Wherever you are listening to it, just subscribe to it and rate and review the show. It is an incredible, incredible way to support us. The second this show starts as a newsletter, you could have gotten the newsletter this morning and read this and there's usually some extra content over there. And so would love for you to subscribe to the newsletter and be a part of the fullness of doing the best we can, if you can. All of those links, everything you would need are in the show notes. I think that's it. I'm looking forward to sharing this with you today. We've got a quick free skate today. Free skate's the second portion of the show for new folks, but we have a quick free skate today. I have my family coming in town. I'm like literally looking out the front window. They're going to pull up at any moment, and I was like, oh, no, I need to record right now. So we're going to do a quick free skate because I got to go cook lunch for family. All right, here we go. Let's get into uh, the main issue for this week. Issue 42, The Case Against Self-Doubt. Here is what was written to me. Hi, Eddie. I've really appreciated your words and vulnerability in my years listening to you on Annie and Eddie Keep Talking, the new activist, and doing the best we can. Do you have any advice for someone who wants to share their thoughts more broadly, i.e. writing and speaking, but struggles with imposter syndrome or wondering if their words are really unique? I'm the someone. It's me, they said. <laughs> I had a little Taylor Swift joke, which I love. I'm a lawyer by trade and passion, but want to spend one of my next chapters writing and speaking at the intersection of faith, race, and justice. But there's plenty of other people filling those spaces. Any advice for someone who feels like they have a whole lot to say, but question, if anyone cares? Signed, Reasonable Doubt. Reasonable Doubt. I'm going to speak some hard truths right away. Usually my style is to gently ease the readers of this column into an eventual bop across the head, but knowing a few lawyers very well gives me some insight into your brain. A brain that is quite logical, not suffering a fool's, and certainly not going to read 1,200 words of gentle hand-holding in an effort to lure them into some kind of life change. I imagine you like some facts, followed by some supporting arguments of those facts. Therefore... Alright, now it's a scene. An interior, packed courtroom. It's hot. People are fanning themselves. A lawyer dressed in a white suit stands, dabs the sweat off his forehead with a handkerchief that he keeps in his pocket while he speaks. He walks slowly, purposefully towards the jury. And he says, May it please the court, in the case of reasonable doubt, verse themselves. Here today to share with you the cold, hard truth that my client is in fact an imposter gasps from the gallery. That's right. Reasonable doubt. You are an imposter. An, an imposter Furthermore, that. was a terrible read of that. Wasn't it? I should not be an actor. I'm going to do that again. That's right. Reasonable doubt. You are an imposter. Furthermore, your honor, this jury should know that most people will never care about what anyone creates. And generally someone with a lot to say will be shouting it into an empty Canyon for their entire career. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. however, as you consider the facts that have been laid out before you today, there is still not a shred of evidence to prove that even if we are imposters, and even if nobody is listening, that it's still not worth doing. I urge you to do what's right to consider the evidence before you and to use your voice to create. and scene. <laughs> so silly. So silly. Okay. Well, someone read a screenwriting book. Uh, recently and is having his little fun. But what our generic lawyer said is true. We are all imposters. Take, for example, me. In middle school, I had a tiny red radio that was attached to my bike. One day, I realized I could detach that radio with ease in order to sneak it into my room under my pillow for nighttime listening. This allowed me to stay up way too late and listen to call-in shows. Sure, it was an AM-FM radio and I could have been listening to music or sports, but I liked Loveline. Dr. Laura, Coast to Coast AM, and Phil (laughs) Hendry. Those people spoke of topics I didn't understand, but the rhythm and interaction with the audience carved a deep groove in me. And then there were the comedians. While many of my comedic heroes have been semi or fully cancelled, and with good reason, this collective group of artists has reached deep inside me. When I heard Jerry Seinfeld mention casually in an interview, Free Yourself, we're just raindrops on a windshield. Something in me cracked open, and I felt a spiritual well- awareness that I'd been longing for. Pete Holmes's book, Comedy Sex God, would later put words to that peaceful abyss that I was falling through. I wear black polo shirts because Judd Apatow does. Molly Shannon in Dog Show, Everyone in Waiting for Guffman, Chris Rock's Tambourine Special, The Weird Chappelle Stuff where Nobody Laughs, NBC era Letterman, Dr. Steve Brule, The Golden Child, and on and on. All of it seeps out in everything I say or write. And just to belabor this point, here are more people I mimic. I lead a team the way I saw Vera do it. I use so many quotes from my friend Isaac that I'm not even certain what's his and what's mine. I try, a pro- uh, I try to process the world and a situation like my friend Teddy. If I have hope, it's because I've seen Brianne model that. Shauna's example of how to navigate a personal life led in public. I've spoken Gary's words to crowds of thousands, learned to be a dad from Dan, expressed appreciation like Kim and been silly like Jason. This advice column is a straight ripoff of Tiny Beautiful Things by Cheryl Strayed. So that's me, reasonable doubt. I am the sum of those people and experiences and so many others. And so when you rightly try to reject the moniker of being an imposter... I propose that you own it and reframe it. We are all just walking summations of our influences. We stand on the shoulders of those we admire, those who have hurt us, and those who have taken our breath away. We copy liberally, and we do impressions of people without meaning to. And in doing that, we weave their influence so tightly into ourselves that we literally become that influence. And what's more, we are copying someone who is copying someone else. And we are all, every single one of us, walking, talking, writing, dreaming, imposters of imposters of impostors. So when you bravely share that someone who, quote, struggles with imposter syndrome or wondering if their words really are unique, I applaud the honesty. And I feel that sentiment like very deeply. As someone who waited almost a decade to finally start his own little news pl- newsletter and blog for the exact same reasons, I'd ask you, To consider the possibility that instead of lashing yourself with the imposter fear, maybe reframe it with the confidence that you are the only person on earth who has your exact ledger of people, places, moments, books, sketches, films, and the like. Furthermore, you are the only person who will take those influences, sit with them for a lifetime, and then mix them into something new. Which is why I propose you lean in hard to your, quote, intersection of faith, race, and justice ideas, and start creating today. Of course, there are so many people out there that are doing so much work in that space. But those people aren't expressing your exact influences and experience while peppering it with their own ideas. Sure, you aren't unique. And yes, you are an imposter, but so are they. So is everyone. You are simply reasonable doubt. And that's one thing that nobody else is. As far as questioning, if anyone cares and hearing our lawyer, uh, excuse me, as far as questioning, quote, if anyone cares and hearing our lawyer tell you that creating is like shouting into a canyon. Well, I mean, honestly, them's the breaks, kid. You never out want, want you never outrun wanting more and more people, which is why we have to create for ourselves. If we can't please that audience and that audience of one then an audience of 10, 1,000, or 10,000 won't matter. There's a lot of content out there, and it'll be a slog to get ears and eyes on yours. But then, out of nowhere, someone will email you and say, quote, hi Eddie, I've really appreciated your words and vulnerability in my years listening to you. And you'll remember that someone, somewhere, liked your impostering. And that little hit of affirmation dopamine will keep you going for a long, long time. Thank you for that, by the way. Back to the interior, packed courtroom. And with that, I rest my case. The jury is clearly moved. <laughs> that was so silly. I don't know about this. I I like the <laughs> article over. Done. I don't know. I liked the I like the idea of the article that we're all imposters. But I really got into doing this silly like if you read the newsletter, you'll see that the font changes and it looks like a script. so it looks like a script and so it says like interior packed courtroom and then i did this whole like scene in my head and tried to write it and then i tried to close it with that and even as i was just reading it i'm like that was either really fun or really silly but i'm not changing it also real talk uh i absolutely one thousand percent uh did not (laughs) i did not uh have the voice in my head being my voice so when the lawyer walks up i had him being in a southern voice like a real southern but i couldn't uh i couldn't pull it out in the podcast but in my head it's like may it please the court in the case of reasonable doubt versus themselves like right but you can't you can't read like that and say anything serious so all right uh we're gonna go to the free skate now um second portion of the show where we typically talk about anything we want we've gotten so many emails uh with you know advice column emails that uh some of them are going to go into their own letters, but some of them are sort of follow up to questions from an old uh, from another one. So um, I want to read you a question that came. Eh, I'm not going to say who it's from, but because I, I should ask, I should keep it anonymous. But um, this person wrote that they work in a conservative Christian school and have mixed feelings going back this fall. They no longer accept the entire statement of faith and disagree with the political positions of many within the community. This person says that they struggle with hypocrisy locally and within the church as a whole. And finally, they are a proud parent of a trans child whom they love unconditionally. And then they pose the question, so why do I stay? I love the kids that I work with and I'm uniquely qualified for my position. I have friends who are united in our countercultural beliefs and seek to make changes from within. And this person shares that they are an al- ally for LGBTQ plus students who are not wholly accepted within the school community. But when is it time to pull the plug? When is it better to walk away from a Christian community than to stay and continue to lose faith? It's that last sentence that got me because, um, so here, here's my advice. So, uh, First of all, let me posture this by saying you are an impossibly hard spot and I am not about to answer your question with any satisfaction, but I would offer this Um, in my own life and in my own journey, there has always been a question of what places when we, we look back at the article from a few weeks ago and we talk about that agreement versus safety, to what degree is a place not safe if we're not in full agreement? I will share personally from an example that uh, in Arlington, where we live in Virginia, we wanted to find a church community, which was a heavy conversation because what are we looking for? What is church shopping? Should we even be church shopping? Should we just go to the local church? We ended up finding a church that we love that is extremely the most diverse, authentically diverse place I have ever been. It is lovely. The sermons are interesting. Uh, And it is also a Catholic church. I'm not Catholic. Um, So I'm getting, you know, 90% of it makes sense. I cross my arms when they do communion because I want to respect their traditions and boundaries. But I'm also sitting squarely in a church that I know I don't align with a lot of what they would hold to be very core. So the decision to sit there and decision to be in that place really for me was an agreement versus safety decision. Um, It was also a, I am not going to find a place that is the exact custom fit for me. I would just have to start my own place. And even then, I think I would disagree with myself. And so in thinking that, like, I have purposefully made the decision to be in a place that I don't fully align with, but I feel that it is safe enough for all of my neighbors, uh, including, you know, there is a huge community of people, there that have various disabilities there is a lot of diversity there are lgbtq plus folks like there is there's a lot of people in that room um it, it is safe for those people it is safe then for me and so i wrestle with that and so i share that with you but uh writer of this email i think the last part is continue to lose faith like there is a part of any decision that we have to make when we're being countercultural, which is like, I love the countercultural nature of what you're doing. Like, I have many friends. We are united in our countercultural beliefs and seek to make changes from within. I am an ally. Like, all of that was like, hell yeah. Like, fight that. Be in there. Be a safe place. Be a safe place when the school may not be safe or be a place where you help them be safe. Right? Right. Even if people aren't in agreement, like be there, be an ally, be in that spot. But it's that last sentence where you said, and then continue to lose faith. I think there is a point with any hard work, doing the work of justice, doing the work of, you know, protest, doing the work of even philanthropy, giving, where you have to always be measuring against the personal toll because nobody needs a burnt out, pile of wet rags that is you sitting in the corner falling apart. People need your best. people need your effort people people need your countercultural like fight. the kids in your class need that your child needs that. But if this place is destroying your ability to fight because it is so difficult, I think there is something something to knowing like sorry to quote Kenny Rogers, no one to hold them and when to fold them. Is there a personal cost to this? There's going to be some personal cost, but is the personal cost so much that you can actually no longer be that ally? I don't know, and I can't tell from answering your question. If I was sitting with you, I would wonder, like, are you just tired of the fight and you wish you didn't have to fight, but you're going to keep fighting because you have a real mission inside of this school to be sort of like an internal mission field inside of this place? Or are you falling apart? I think if it's the the latter... I think you got to take care of yourself. (laughs) I think counseling and talking to a friend and possibly pulling yourself out of the situation. I think if it's the former and also the place is safe, safe for people like I've had to quit and leave things because it was unsafe. That's different than disagree. Obviously, you disagree. But if it's if it's a place that's relatively safe and you can stay, I would stay and fight like hell and be safe as hell. But if it's not safe, I, you know, I think there is something to consider there. So I think it's the agreement and safety, but also the taking care of yourself part. I hope that was helpful. I don't know. I think that'll do it for today. We're not going to do the closing reading music. In-laws are coming soon. And it's time to wrap up. Got to go make lunch. I hope you have a really nice week. I'm grateful that you're here and you're returning every week. And I really have to thank just really, really have to thank Reasonable Doubt for sending that question. Um, You know, over time, the numbers of shows kind of go flat, and I there haven't been, like, a ton of new listeners and a ton of new readers. And for the last, you know, month or two, I've been like, man, am I doing something wrong? Am I not marketing this right? And then I just realized, like, man, I get an email at least once or twice a day from someone that I don't know and will probably never meet who is affirming this work and resonating with it and asking follow-up questions and then there's a point where you're like man what else do you need i am not yelling into the void because today i heard back from reasonable doubt and from you so thank you for being here thank you to uncle jimmy for editing the newsletter and thank you for allowing me this space to uh, be an imposter yeah we're all imposters see you next week doing the best we can Bye bye